Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. The topic of discussion is the stigma related to people diagnosed with psychopathy or as the public recognizes, psychopaths. There are a lot of false misconceptions around serial killers and psychopaths. People tend to think they interrelate a lot more than they actually do. Whenever a sadistic murder or a series of horrific crimes are committed, one of the most frequent thoughts that jumps right into people's minds are that this must have been done by a psychopath. I mean, who else would do this insane and cruel thing? Now, before we dive deeper into this very common misconception, I want to briefly describe what psychopathy actually is. Psychopathy is defined as a condition that is distinguished by the lack of empathy and repaired remorse. People understand the implications of their actions, but they disregard the feelings of others. These traits include glibness slash superficial charm, grandiose sense of self-worth, need for stimulation slash proneness to boredom, pathological lying, conning slash manipulation, lack of remorse or guilt, shallow effect, callousness slash lack of empathy, parasitic lifestyle, poor behavior controls, promiscuous sexual behavior, early behavioral problems, lack of realistic long-term goals, impulsivity, irresponsibility, failure to accept responsibility for actions, short-term marital relationships, juvenile delinquency, revocation of a conditional release, and criminal versatility. Studies have shown that in the brains of people diagnosed with psychopathy, there are reduced axonal connections between the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain important for things such as empathy and guilt, and the amygdala, the part of the brain important for fear. There is persistent antisocial behavior and manipulative egotistical traits among people with psychopathy. Psychopathy usually affects males and can be the hardest illness to diagnose and treat. People are diagnosed using hair psychopathy checklists and scored on 20 different personality traits. Psychopathy affects around 1% of the general public. Psychopathy seems scary, and most people, if they knew someone with psychopathy, would probably try to avoid that person at all costs. This isn't a terrible idea, but we have Hollywood and the media to thank for this misconception as they have continuously used the psychopath as a symbol of a cold-blooded and sadistic serial killer. This may come as a shock to many people, but many people diagnosed with psychopathy never actually commit a violent crime. Now, these people are more likely to commit crimes than people not diagnosed with psychopathy, but just because someone is diagnosed doesn't mean they will automatically become violent and sadistic like many people think. Only a minority of psychopaths are actually violent. In fact, high-ranking and high-praising jobs such as surgeons, lawyers, politicians, and CEOs have the highest rate of psychopaths around. Therefore, we work and interact with people of this nature all the time, and we don't even know it. Psychopaths have a grandiose sense of self-worth and are usually very good at manipulating things for their own benefit. So jobs like these are perfect for many people with psychopathy. They use their conning and charming personalities 
to get what they want in life and stay out of prison. For example, in 1999 at the University of Pennsylvania, researcher Adrian Rain conducted an experiment to see if people with psychopathy could be successful. Successful was determined by the person not getting arrested or committing a crime in this study. He tested many men on a psychopathy test and recruited 39 who met the criteria for psychopathy. 13 of these men committed one or more crimes and 26 of them never committed any. The topic of a successful psychopath is controversial, and research is still studying it. But what we do know is that not all people diagnosed with psychopathy are violent, and especially not serial killers. This is a false stigma that the media has over and over again tried to make us believe. Psychologist and professor Kevin Dutton is here, and he is going to describe the successful psychopath and emphasize that not all psychopaths are violent, like we tend to think. If you think about what a psychopath actually is, most people think the psychopaths are serial killers and rapists, but actually when psychologists like myself talk about psychopaths, we're talking about a distinct subset of people with a distinct subset of personality traits such as charm, ruthlessness, fearlessness, coolness under pressure, focus, mental toughness and resilience. Now, if you think about the kinds of qualities that you need to be a successful business person, you could have all the MBAs under the sun, but if you don't have the right kind of personality in order to enable you to operationalize your corporate skill set, you're not going to make it in business. So imagine if you don't have the ruthlessness to fire some if, if they're underperforming or if you don't have the ability to take a calculated risk when appropriate. You don't have the mental toughness to bounce back um, if you suffer a setback. You don't have the ability to uh, focus and compartmentalise um, the issues that are very important. No matter how good a businessman you might be on paper, you're not going to make it in the business world if you don't have those personality characteristics. And those characteristics that I've just outlined for you are precisely the characteristics associated with the psychopathic personality. A lot of people use the term psychopath. They band it around uh, with bosses that they don't like or bosses that have given them a hard time. But actually, if you're talking about clinically diagnosed psychopaths, that is very, very rare. It is a rare condition. Um, I talk about psychopathy being on a spectrum, and there's a lot of scientific evidence for that, but there's no doubt whatsoever that people at the sharp end of that, the kind of, I guess you could call Champions League psychopaths, are very, very different uh, from the rest of us. Within the general population, there's evidence to suggest that it's around about three quarters to one percent within the general population. There is some evidence to suggest that it's a little bit higher amongst uh, heads of business and CEOs, anything up to 4%. Thank you, Professor Dutton. That was very informative. Another study has found there to be a difference among people diagnosed with psychopathy and whether they become incarcerated or a normal part of society. In this study, successful and unsuccessful psychopaths, a neurobiological model, Researchers have found that there may be a difference in neurobiological and cognitive functioning between people with psychopathy. People diagnosed with psychopathy who are able to live within society and be described as successful are able to use their enhanced neurobiological and cognitive functioning to achieve their goals and stay out of prison. And compared to those who have been diagnosed with psychopathy who have poor neurobiological and cognitive functions. 
It is hypothesized that impaired neuronal structures and functions paired with automatic nervous system deficits can contribute to more violent offenses. It has also been hypothesized that criminal psychopaths may be due to traumatic childhood experience, lack of parental guidance and affections, and supervision. There is also some kind of genetic disposition to develop it as well. And like autism, there seems to be a spectrum of psychopathy. Researchers have scored and scaled multiple offenders diagnosed with psychopathy, and the more violent offenders usually score higher on the test, while the least violent offenders scored much lower. Another large reason people tend to think psychopaths are violent criminals is that most diagnosed psychopaths are found in a prison setting. This is because it's much easier to find and research psychopaths in prison. Imagine going into a hospital or a law firm and asking people to take a psychopathy test. That probably wouldn't work out too well. Overall, the topic of serial killers and psychopaths is truly fascinating to many of us, but it is important to be aware of the potential negative and false biases that come with these topics. A diagnosis of psychopathy does not mean someone is going to end up a serial killer, and just because there is a serial killer on the news doesn't mean that person is a psychopath. Research is being done on people with psychopathy, and it illuminates the argument that not all psychopaths are sadistic killers. This is not saying that people with psychopathy are good people, but they just aren't all murderers. Regardless of the person or pathology, biases can be harmful and dangerous. It's important to be aware of all the negative stigmas surrounding all mental illnesses and do our best to get rid of them. And until next time, thanks for listening.